My favorite death metal band is Five Finger Death Punch. <laughs> you like Five Finger Death Punch? Sitting around with time to kill. If we don't do it, then no one will. Our eyes are cold, our thoughts are old. Fifteen minutes till we lose control. You are now listening to Music, the lifeblood. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Music the Lifeblood, where we always like to do something old, something new. I'm your very humble host, Dustin. This week, something old, Big Jake and I will be discussing a bunch of stuff. Lots of death metal and bullshit music awards and some random tidbits as well. This week, something new, but sort of old. Legion! Legion are Midwestern death metal royalty in the vein of suffocation, death, and obituary. Legion have been killing it since the 90s and have amassed a big old back catalog that is definitely worth checking out. You can find them on Dark Horizon Records Bandcamp and also on Facebook at facebook.com backslash legiondeathmetal.com. Later, we're going to go old school Legion with a ripper called Plague of Indifference. But first, let's get brutal. This is Legion with Ruse.
Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Music the Lifeblood. Big Jake, what are we talking about? The genre you don't tell your mom about. The genre your co-workers think Disturbed is in. And the only genre featured in Ace Ventura, Death Metal. <laughs> and some other shit. A whole bunch of other shit as well. <laughs> tell me I'm wrong. How many times have you told somebody that you like death metal and they've been like, yeah, man, me too. I like Disturbed. <laughs> How many times has that happened to you? You laugh, but it's true. Uh, yeah. Oh, you fun- like metal? Yeah, me too, man. I love Nickelback. Funny story. Yes. You ready? You ready? Tell me the story. Funny story number one. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Funny story number one. Okay, so having a conversation with just a dude. Yeah. I'm standing in a record store just gotcha. talking to a, a dude. And uh, that's what I do. I just fucking, hey, Chit-chat. what's up? Hey. Yeah. We're hey, real, how you doing? We're pretty good at standing and talking about nothing, <laughs> right, as you right. have seen. And uh, uh, he he noticed my, I was wearing a shirt. I don't know what it was, but he noticed my shirt. And he was like, oh, cool. Man. Metal, yeah. <laughs> and somehow. The, I hope he actually spoke like that. <laughs> he might as well. And you're just, you're just I feel, like, I whoa. Feel, I feel like if you could, if you could put. Uh, okay, let me finish the story. Okay, sorry, not, sorry. You gotta continue, have the, you gotta continue. Have the context. I derailed us. Um, okay, so we're he sees my shirt and he's like, "Hey, I'm, those guys are great," and I was like, "Oh, cool, sweet. Are you into you know what do you listen to, man?" He was like, "I like heavy stuff." Good. <laughs> Elaborate, sir. <laughs> Tell me what you think is heavy. And he goes, he goes, I like Godsmack. <laughs> I like Disturbed. I like Finger Eleven. I like Three Doors Down. Stop, you're going to ruin the story. Sorry, sorry. You're going to ruin the story. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I can't help it. Anyway, anyway, I like heavy stuff. Oh, yeah. really? What are you into? I really like Allison Chains and Five Finger Death Punch. That's not a thing. <laughs> That's not a thing. And like, Someone said that to you? Yes, they actually said uh, that to me. And I was, and okay, before he said that, here's yeah. what. <clears throat> here's what tipped you off. Here's, kind of okay, thing. okay. He said, I really like heavy stuff. I'm like, oh yeah, Matt, Rad, me too. I've been listening to Cannibal Corpse lately. Fuck yeah. I was checking out Last Suffocation record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's when he says, oh, I really like Alice in Chains and Five Finger Death Punch. And. I just wanted. I just wanted to be like. No. <laughs> just no. Just get out. <laughs> Please no. Go somewhere else. I mean, at the same time, I mean the dudes in, in a the dudes in a record shop buying records. Let him listen to what he wants. Well, he wasn't buying <laughs> records. Uh, so he, here's where the snob was. He, was he buying here's, pornography? <laughs> here's, here's the snob in me that's going to come out. He was buying CDs. Oh well. Man, excuse man. me. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Only real music fans buy vinyl. Well then fuck me because I don't think I think I own like four vinyl. I'm on this no, show. I'm not nearly that big of a dick. No, no, no. And it's funny though that I it is funny. I host a show called Vinyl Thursday though, right? Yeah. I mean I mean it's fitting. <laughs> to do it fits. <laughs> Snob. <laughs> Are we snobs? <sighs> I don't think I think I prefer I think I prefer the term elitist. <laughs> which may not be I try better. not to you know I look I will poke fun at the shit that I don't like yeah I mean who everyone does absolutely will poke fun at stuff that I don't like but people do the same thing to me for sure but I you will say that screaming shit yeah I yeah. will say there's a lot of my taste in music that are obviously questionable yeah me too 
I have a Ninja Sex Party shirt on right now. You do. Yeah. <laughs> I was listening to Get in the Groove by Madonna. Good. This morning. Um, anyway, I but I try not to fault people for what they're into. Yeah, as like as funny like. as I think it is sometimes. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, if music speaks to you, it speaks to you. You know what I mean? Even if it speaks to you in a really bad, trashy, redneck, southern way. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, okay, let's get the show going. Yeah. Now, before we jump into this, let's talk about Legion. Fucking Legion. Dude, those guys have been around for literally, literally as long as I can remember plus. They were around before I was a fetus. Right. Like, Legion just killing it. They just, Legion is, is period. Let's talk Legion about, is. Let's talk about how Dave Dalton is the- The mid- best drummer. He's the Midwestern- uh, Gene Hoagland. Yeah, oh, I'll buy that. He's like yeah. the Midwestern Gene Dave Hoagland. Dave is, oh my God, Dave's so good. I remember, because your fractions play with Legion all the time. I mean, they're from Muncie, we were from Muncie. Our paths cross in a town of 2,000 people. Right. <laughs> like, more than so 2, we, I mean, I think it's probably way more than that, but it's right. a small town. It's a college town. It's a smaller. Yeah. It's not as small as the town I'm from. Where are you from? Hartford City. Oh, fuck. Hartford See, City, your town's Indiana. a metropolis compared to mine that I'm currently living oh, in. that's true, yeah. yeah. Anyway, anyway. Anyway, like, anyway. We, would, we would see these guys all the time, and, like, I remember just there would be whatever we played with Legion, because, like, all the, like, bands get together and hang out at these shows and stuff, and it would just be a gaggle of drummers just staring open-jawed <laughs> at Dave from the side <laughs> stage, just, like... Holy shit. Yeah. Oh, he's so good. <laughs> I like that. I like that um uh the Dave Dalton thing. What do you mean? You know what I mean? He'll he'll trill his bass drums and then hit his cymbals. Oh, okay. Then, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. And then do yeah. a blast beat. Yeah. I was like every time I've ever seen Dave play, it doesn't matter what what band he was playing in. I just remember him going like I can't do that. Yeah, I, I can't. It's not. <laughs> nope. Nope. Uh, I've been drumming since I was like 10. Yeah. So yeah. I, no. It's really funny, too, because the first time I saw these guys, I, or first time I saw Dave in particular, it wasn't with Legion. It was with Soseyeth, his other band he had for a long time, oh, which okay. is really like, like not doomy, but real groovy rock and roll, kind of the sword s stuff. Yeah. And like, Dave still does some impressive stuff in that, on, on, that, on those albums, but I was like, Man, Dave's a pretty good drummer, and like I like had never seen Legion. This was years ago, right? And the first time I saw Legion, I was like, "Oh, cool, Dave's in Legion." And I was, they're like, "How did you not know that?" And I'm like, "What do you mean? Like they've you been around for like 30 years?" And I was like, "Dumbass." Yeah, I was I was like 16. <laughs> okay, right. and they were like, I was like, "Oh," Dave started playing with Legion. And it was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> Dave's so good. <laughs> Dave is way better in this band. Holy shit, Dave's so good." Once in a while, Dave plays with just his hands. No drumsticks. Oh, really? I've not <laughs> seen that. That sounds painful. It's frightening. Yeah. It's I absolutely blood frightening involved. in a myriad of different ways. Yeah. Yeah. Ew. Anyway, Legion. And don't forget about the other guys. I mean, we're waxing Oh, yeah. I mean, we're, it's because we're both drummers. drummers. Scott Rubel, uh, Scott Lindell, Mikey Johns, um, uh, Mike. Ah, man. I really want to get his last name right. Let me, because I got. I'm looking at it so I can make sure that I pronounce it correctly. Uh, Vajtkovsky. I mean, your guess is as good as mine. So we're on gonna that one. we're gonna go with Vajovsky. 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 That sounds fucking awesome, Mike. I'm so sorry if I'm not pronouncing your name correctly. I'm so fucking sorry. 
But anyway, is Mike foreign? <laughs> is Mike not from here? Well, I don't know. I mean, does I mean? No, it's just whatever. it's just an awesome, super awesome I mean, last name. Clearly European name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know of what descent though. But anyway, yep. Legion's awesome. Legion is really. It's just and like good. you can you can dive in and have like days for legion music to oh, listen material. to yes, yeah. yes, yes, yeah you yeah. can dive into the deep end with this band i always i always say this legion for days legion for days <laughs> that was a good good way to put it anyway yes death metal fucking death metal fuck 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 <laughs> fucking death metal man what is you know okay what's the stereotype I what's, looked, the, what's the death metal stereotype? I looked it up, and I found the basic like the 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 bones, if you will, like the most basic definition of death metal. The, the raw goo. Yeah, a form of heavy music using lyrics preoccupied with death, suffering, and destruction. And that's pretty. That's pretty broad. So I say that that's pretty. That's pretty. Just the bones of it. I mean, can, there's no death metal bands that are singing about like there's, doing there's, yeah, the there's Macarena no, or anything. There's no happy death metal bands. There's no happy death metal. Right. I'm sure there is. Oh, I'm, I mean, if we can think of it, it exists somewhere. There's so. got to be one. But like, anyway, death metal is about dark and blood and guts right. and murder and all the things that you shouldn't listen to, like a horror movie. Like, yeah, it yeah, has the appeal yeah. of a horror movie. Yeah, yeah. I always like the. I'm always most most entertained yeah most entertained by uh first wave death metal Mm -hmm. Uh, because i still think it had a very pronounced thrash Thrash. element element to it you're talking like like mid 80s early early stuff because like yeah metal popped up in like the quote-unquote mainstream in like the mid 80s so well i think i mean do we want to try to trace it back no, you know I what don't. I mean. Because we get well, because oh, okay. Let's let's at least talk about it okay, for a second okay. because there's a lot of history there. Oh, for sure. Yeah, uh, the possessed. Yep. Always come up. What is that? Seven churches. I think is. Mm, I'm not sure. Yeah, I think. Anyway, the possessed. And a little tidbit about the possessed. Mm-hmm. Larry Lalonde of Lalonde. Primus. Really was in the possessed. Really? I did yeah. not know. Wow. I always get I always get the possessed and obsessed mixed up. Gotcha. And it's that's a bad idea. Um death, anyway. death is a really early one as well. You want to talk about Chuck Shoulder? I want to talk about the just death is really really good. They are. It's like almost like progressive death metal in places. So I was, <laughs> it's funny because I was having this conversation with somebody the other day, um the pre-death band. Yeah. Uh Man Manta Mantas. Mant as in, like, um, not praying mantis. Yeah, 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 yeah. But manta as in a manta ray. Yes, M-A-N-T-A. In, in S. Yeah. Mantis. Mantis. Anyway, um, their their earliest demos got released in some sort of official capacity a while back. I think it was Nuclear Blast. I can only assume it Maybe was Relapse blast. or Metal Blade. It was one of the, it was one of the one quote, of the big unquote, ones. metal labels. Yeah. Anyway... And it was cool to go back and listen to it, um, yeah. because it uh, because of the lo-fi recording quality of it, and you know it has that. J- now, okay, musically, yeah, musically, okay. Let me. I have to. I have to differentiate some things. Musically, it's akin to a lot of the early thrash stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the time frame. That's what right. was around. But production wise. They're horrible. They're yeah, demo- it's black they're demos. Metal. It's black metal they're demos. demos. Yes, <laughs> yes. And that's what I when I was listening to it, 
it was like this is fucking black metal. Yeah, like, just because like the recording this is quality, literally barely two steps away from black metal, just because of the recording quality. Yeah, and I think that's what was so interesting about it because it felt like the way early Venom felt oh, when yeah, I was yeah. listening to. It. But anyway, Mantas. I want to make sure. Mantas. <laughs> Mantas. Anyway, they eventually morphed into death. Yeah. Um, Which is, oh, that's a band. So, yeah. I enjoy death. Yeah. You have, you know, Gene Hoagland is involved in yep. death. When have, is he not, to be fair? Give me a death metal band that Gene Hoagland before. hasn't just, like, hung out oh, with. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's or been, been a part of. He's been in every band He's been ever. in every band ever. But, anyway, when you listen to death, obviously... You know, people attribute Chuck Schuldner as mm-hmm. kind of like you hear the father of death metal. That, yeah, yeah, That yeah. term come up with him a lot. And, you know, I just think they're really interesting. They are. To me, in, because here, here's the weird thing. When you talk about black metal, any a lot of, you know, a lot of the extreme metal offshoots and death metal specifically, you always go back to this one fork in the in the tree or a branch in the tree and yeah. venom always comes up when it comes to um a lot of extreme metal yeah and i mean right a lot of influences yeah from venom, right yeah. rightfully so but honestly i think like i don't know people mention venom a lot in like the early death metal stages they talk about that quite a bit but i feel like you should really be talking about the possessed and yeah. death the most man i actually like i've always been aware of death but it took tucker to like we were just sitting down tucker from thorax from thorax yeah sitting down in the basement one day writing stuff and like we were just like he has a big album collection and he i was he had death and i was like man i've never actually like just sit down and listen to death and he was like oh holy shit (laughs) like put it on and it just like instantly clicked with me and i was like this is great this yeah. is not what i thought it would be like there were still the elements there of like the cannibal corpse kind of sound i expected but like it's very more way more like virtuoso in places like it's really good yeah i think the the really melody driven guitar solos yeah when they started to pop up in which i can't pinpoint who you know what i mean i can't pinpoint like the first person that's doing it but obviously it's a characteristic trait yeah of the genre now I, I to me that when when that started happening because you can hear it in a, like you can hear it like Morbid Angel. Yep. You know what I mean? Cannibal Corpse even does it sometimes. You know, there's just a shit ton of bands that do that, but it is such a I think when that happened, yeah. I think that was the the final sort of the last petal blooming on well, the Well, the thing flower, with so that struck me so different with Death was that, like, with Cannibal Corpse and stuff, like, yeah, they're, like, crazy shreddy solos, but they're just that. It's just... Kind of this, taking a page out of the Slayer playbook. Yeah, yeah, but then when I heard Death, it was like, these solos have structure they and make sense. body and yeah. are are done in a way where it almost felt like it had a classical structure. Sure. Like just no, I'm not talking about the song as a whole. Just these solos felt like they had movements within them. Right. And it just like it really hit a chord with me that I was like, this is this is really good music. It is. <laughs> this isn't really good death metal. This is really good music. Yeah. It's technically yep. will make your draw drop. It's profound. It's yeah, it's, it's profound. It's profound. It is complicated. Yep. Yeah, it's you know, and that's and for me, I'm kind of a late bloomer. You know, As am I with to, the death metal, like yeah, the really heavy stuff. It's it's only been within the last four, 
yep, years. Four, four you know years what I mean? For me as well. And like I'm in my 30s. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like yeah. I and what I think has, I think it's been for me personally because we talk about music, light, music, the lifeblood. We talk about how the music affects us personally. Yeah, yeah. You know, very early on, I discovered, you know. Obviously, I was really attracted to like hair metal and things yeah, like that, yeah. and that's well documented. Go listen, yeah, to, to any episode ever, every fucking episode <laughs> of Music of Lightblood. And then I discovered, you know, kind of like the alternative movement, yeah. and then I just latched on Iron Grip onto punk rock, and then after punk rock, started discovering industrial and things like that. And I think. You know, over time, it makes sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's my musical It's a journey. progression. Yeah. yeah. I've slowly just been walking my way towards Norway. You, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, oh, here I am. Yeah, I start, started off in Indiana, and I've just walked started my way. Started off in Midwest. Halfway across the Crossed world. an ocean. Um, and I, I, to me, it's interesting because I think for my specific musical journey, um, all that shit that's came before it, I've learned to appreciate progressively heavier and heavier music yep. now am i going to buy you know the entire death catalog the entire morbid angel catalog probably not i might buy the death catalog <laughs> right really good that's only because you're a big gene hoagland guy i mean there's yeah there's, there's some truth to that statement yeah. anyway um but what i've discovered over time is that there's for me. There's always something new. Yep. To discover in that stuff. There's Just, always somebody trying to push it a little farther. Yeah. In that, yeah. Exactly. In that and you don't always see that in every other in pop or yeah, even, yeah. Even other like even in other aggressive genres, you yeah. don't see that as yeah. much. Shiny toy guns are never going to do a blast beat. Nope. <laughs> nope. Not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. You know. Poo. Well, I mean, I Peter Chris does kind of. A, bl- a blast beat. So did uh, so did Ringo every once in a yeah. while. Ringo had some blast beats. But it's beats. just that that yeah that that, 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 that bomb. That. We always call those bomb blasts bomb when they're when they're slow like that. Anyway, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's it's. I don't think people realize sometimes how a lot of different genres, even non-aggressive genres, are are like affected by death metal, right? Because I mean, even like. I don't know. In good and bad ways. Like, the eagles of death metal get judged by a lot of religious groups for being, like, a Satanist death metal band. They're like, have, you obviously haven't picked up a CD. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, like, a lot of non-metal acts use, use like, aggressive album imagery and, and violent album imagery. Right. That's like, we did that first. Right. <laughs> like, I like, you know, I, that's, that's cool that you bring that up. The... The visual, yeah. The visual is a really is is half. I think because you if you take away like the the imagery and the and the the lyrical content, you could throw death metal into any other genre of metal. It's it's the it's the the attitude that goes along with it that makes it what it is. Right. I think it's you know if black metal was like the the weird sort of like Lovecraftian. Bell Lugosi extension of metal. Yeah, yeah. I think death metal is like the the eighties slasher. Yep. 
It's like the know, first couple Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, it's in got like it's got that motif genre. to it. But at the same time, like just brutality. I know a lot of people. The term brutal gets thrown around. B R zero zero T A L. Right. Yeah, the term brutal gets thrown around, but I do think like it's an absolutely fitting term. Yeah, it is. Brutality <clears throat> is a great way to describe a lot of death metal. Yep. Um, for most of them, for who's who's like your like as far as like the death metal genre goes. Yeah. Who's the band that you go, yeah, that's the one. Cannibal Corpse. It's Cannibal Corpse. It's Cannibal Corpse. Okay. Yep. Do you have an album? <sighs> Probably The Bleeding in 84. Okay. That's that's like the, the big one for me. That's not 80. You mean 94? 94, excuse me, 94. Okay. Yeah, yeah, my bad. Are you sure it's then? Yes. <laughs> oh, you have notes. You look... <laughs> Okay, all right. Well, okay, all right. Was it Eating Back the Lives, the first album? I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I prefer Corpse Grinder over... Uh, I do, too. I forget his name. Chris I, Barnes. Chris Barnes. It's, he, Chris Barnes did not enunciate well. And with Corpse Grinder, it's still guttural and growly, but I can, fi- I can, understand, can understand what he's, what he's saying. saying. Yeah. yeah, I get that. I think... I don't know. I th- it, like, Eating Back to Life specifically. Yeah. Specifically. Has a... There's a bit of a... Uh, just a smidge, just mm-hmm. a smidge of thrash to it. Yeah, yeah not yeah. like overtly Even, steeped. And in the, it. I, I, I get that with, with Cannibal Corpse. It's that as they get older, it it still remains death metal, but it progresses. Yeah, because when they were young, like it was very thrashy. Like Hammer Smash Face is thrashy, and right. I Come Blood is thrashy. Their earlier stuff is very reminiscent of the time. And now you have stuff like Evisceration Plague coming out, and you have stuff like Scourge of Iron, and it's not doom, but it's slower and it's heavier, like sure. doom music. So I feel like it's still death metal. Like you can't argue that it's not death metal, but it's it's progressing. With I don't know if it's in time based on what's becoming more mainstream or what they're influenced by, or if it's just they're aging and they can't go that fast anymore. Less okay, okay. Barnes era, vicious. Yeah, right. Yeah. Corpse grinder era, ominous. I'll buy that. Yeah. yeah, more, more, a bit more of an ominous, foreboding kind of thing. Yeah, it's hard to describe death metal sometimes. It is. It's because it's it's so many things at once. You can't a lot just of times. say all you do is just you. The best way to describe it is just varying degrees of pronouncing the word brutal. Yeah, <laughs> like if it's shit's pretty like, brutal, or if it's brutal, <laughs> right, <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> the possessed were brutal. Yeah. The new Cannibal Corpse it's album. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, it's it's one of those things that technically, by definition, you could take you could take like Cinderella, right? And if you make the lyrics super violent, technically that's death metal. Technically, by definition, that is death where's metal. the definition coming from? I mean, the the basic definition is yeah, but who wrote that? Is a form of heavy music using lyrics preoccupied with death, suffering, and destruction. Now, if you ask anybody, that's I mean, is probably... was that in Webster's? No, that... <laughs> I don't think Webster's has a has a because I a, wouldn't uh... I wouldn't call that because death metal is way too way too dependent on the musical. See, aspect I don't think it, it is. We just talked about how much Cannibal Corpse has changed their sound, and they're still death metal. Then, then, then the Misfits are death metal. I mean, technically, if you really want to get technical, based on that definition, they could be. I am officially kicking you off the show. No, you're not. Shut up. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm not saying they are. I'm saying that if you really wanted to fight it, no, 
You've went too far. Mm, I don't know, man. No. No, they're not dead. Everyone just turned the show off. That's not true. <laughs> they love us. <laughs> they love us to death. Way to ruin everything. Shut up. No, I think it's too dependent on the music. You think so? See, yeah, I, 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 th- do. I think the, the death metal label is su- musically is so, such a wide Well, it's it's in the that... term, though. Death. I mean, that's inherently implied. So is... You know what I mean? See, that it's going to be like... about death. But I mean, if you take black metal and change the lyrics from being about church burnings and like, which is, you know, that's obviously like a cliche thing, but like the, the black metal is like, they also have like their own lyrical content that they do think it's, it's dark, it's Specific. dismal, yeah, it's, yeah. it's depressive. If, if black metal so, bands started singing about their girlfriends, they'd be shoegaze. I, by that thought process though, they'd be death could, heaven. Couldn't, but <laughs> ha! I love Death Heaven. <laughs> couldn't couldn't black metal bands change their lyrics to be like very cannibal corpsey, very death metally, and then wouldn't they just be death metal bands? Because that music still technically falls in the same category. Yeah, it will. Uh, or it's the same the same representation. I should by say by the most broadest of strokes. Though. I'm that's what I, that's all I'm saying is like it, the 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 definition is so broad. If you just go by what it takes to be a death metal band, Airfingers. They're like you can slap that on a lot of things. That's not what it means. It's not what it actually is. Here's, but I understand okay. people's confusion. I guess is what I'm getting at. Okay, okay, okay. I guess I could have articulated that a bit better. You know what your problem is. I mean, I'm sure you're going to tell me. You think <laughs> you're better than everyone. <laughs> That's not true at all. That is absolutely. That's not true at all. You think <laughs> you're better than. <laughs> Everyone. That's not true at all. Gene Hoagland? No, no. George Fisher? Why are you saying that? Why are you making me look like an ass right now? Alex Webster? Why are you making me look like an ass? Larry Lalonde? No. No. Chuck Schulner. God rest his soul. You just pissed all <laughs> I'm over sorry. his grave. I'm sorry that I'm better. <laughs> We're gonna take if you're going to make me We're... an enemy, I'm going to be an enemy. <laughs> Jake is officially the antagonist. All right. We're going to take a break. More Legion. Fuck you, man. What? <laughs> I'm so angry with you. <laughs> I don't think that at all. You're such a fucking asshole. We're going to take a break. Here's yeah, more yeah, Legion yeah. Plague Woo. of Indifference.
I got a whole bunch of stuff, man. This has been a week. Jake, this made, is, Jake made a list. This has been a week for me personally. This has been a week for music, aggressive music in general. Sure. Okay. First off, I don't know if you saw this, which I don't know how you couldn't have, especially you in particular. This week was the Alternative Press Music Awards. <laughs> now, yes, I did see it, but I intentionally cruised right by you it. You shouldn't have. Was it good? One thing in particular... <sighs> When I saw it, I went, uh, and then it happened, and I went, oh, oh, this is okay. Okay. For, we'll, get, we'll, get, we'll get to that in a moment. We'll get to it in a moment. First of all, I saw this. I, I, went, through, I went through, like, who, what were the categories of the awards and who won? Right. All of them were bullshit. <laughs> Every single one. Who figured? Yeah. However. Who would have known? One in particular okay. was like, oh, my God, how? How did this happen? Someone was getting blowies under the table, or was, there was money going around. <laughs> what did they do? They call Blackville Brides like death metal or something. No, they did get like Band of the Year or some shit though. But um, really, yeah, best best guitarist award. Oh, Are you ready man. for this? Are you ready for this? Is it the dude from Pierce the Veil? Are you ready for this? <laughs> oh my god! Okay, Kevin Scoff from A Day to Remember. Kind of weird, but okay. Okay. JB, I think it's Brubaker or Brubaker from um, August Burns Red. Good call. That's a good guitar player. Kellen McGregor from Memphis May Fire. Mm. Okay. That one's weird. Chad Gilbert from Newfound Glory. <laughs> okay. That one's really weird. Right. Okay. Misha Mansour of Periphery. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. Right. Duh. Jack Fowler from Sleeping with Sirens. No. Guess who won? Please don't tell me Sleeping with Sirens. Jack Fowler won that award. You're fucking kidding me. Over fucking Misha Mansoor and J.B. Brubaker. All right. Okay. Well, okay. 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 Like, okay. come on, I man. Un- I, I understand the irritation. I absolutely get it. But, I mean, I think the... I gotta move my mic. No, you're good. Oh my god, it's fine. It's I'm so sorry. Uh, I, I, dude, I think AP has been that bought. Has been bought. Well, I don't know. I mean, oh, AP's thing has never. It's never been about metal. It's no, and it's never it's just metal. It's never been about diving but, deep. But like, I'm. It's not. It's, I don't even mean that. I don't even mean like, oh, these scratch on the surface. You need to dig in, find the good guitar players. Right. I mean, if you're going to nominate these people, the best one should probably win the award. <laughs> like, well, did they have? Did they have a criteria, or was it like a reader's poll? 
I'll be a hundred percent honest. I did not. I do not know. I it did not dig in. Be, it has to be a but readers' like, poll, so it's a popularity. Misha Mansour. Yeah, I know. I know. He's so good. I absolutely get it. I absolutely get it. But yeah. I am not going to. I am not going to. I. I'm not going to get upset over a fucking magazine. No, that that's just it. Like that is that that does their business based on a popularity I knew context. it would be shit. Like, I knew it would be, like, kind of one-sided right. popularity vote. But, like, I just saw that one in particular, and Misha Mansour is just heralded among guitar players as being <laughs> really good. Right, right. And it's just like, hmm, right. okay, that's fine. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, the second thing is... All right. Um, motherfucking baby metal with <laughs> Rob Halford. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. And it was good. Yeah, it is really good. It was great. The baby metal band is phenomenal. It's really, really. I wrote good. down. I wrote. I watched the whole twelve minute video. And first of all, they were introduced by Jeffrey Star, and it was like, huh, just uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> but um, but they played baby metal came out first and played their new single off the new album called Karate, which is I- it's great. That song's really good, mm-hmm. um, and then they then Halford came out and they did a, like a, kind of like a melody of Painkiller and Breaking the Wall, um, and I did basically like a. Pa- I did the Painkiller aspect. I'm getting portion there. of it. I'm sound. getting there. Yeah. I did like a almost like a play by play of like my thoughts as the video happened. You can hear the music. The lifeblood life cats I having can. a disagreement. That's, I think I think that's their their first appearance on the show. <laughs> first time we've ever heard. Yeah, them. first time we've heard them. Doctor Stab and Gozer the Gozerian. <laughs> but anyway, so I, I'm watching this 12 minute video. I, I just kind of wrote down my thoughts as I watched it. Right. So they come out and they're doing karate, and my first thought is the baby metal band is fucking sick. So that's what physically what I wrote down, <laughs> and then I was like, "That's awesome." Right. And then that whole first song, karate, they killed it. That band's super good. The girls, I get why it upsets people, but it's very entertaining. You watch sure, it, and it's sure, like, sure. man, I I get where they're coming from. This is super entertaining. It's like seeing a Broadway show, exactly. And like, if they're cute and it's fun, and like, it's just cool. I dig right. it. And it, if the music sucked. I can see really why you'd be like, but like the music's really good. And then so the two smaller girls exit the stage. I think their names are names and finger parentheses are Moa Metal and Moo Metal. I think and they what they call the older girl is Sue Sue Metal. So Sue Metal stays. Halford comes out. Sue Metal and Halford are super awkward together (laughs) because there is a generational gap there. Like you can't believe multi generational. And she's like a fourteen year old girl, and he's like a sixty year old man. Like there was them moving (laughs) together on stage was hilarious because Halford kind of moves awkward to begin with. Like with his little like chainsaw motions he does, like starting starting the lawnmower thing. So you know what I mean. You know exactly what I mean. And then they do they do painkiller. And my first thing I wrote down was Halford sounds kind of weird, kind of like King Diamond, because his I don't his voice just can't do that anymore. So it was very falsetto. Well, he's always saying painkiller in a falsetto, but it was like it's just it's different now. He is. The painkiller, but, but it's not he's, like that anymore. It's not like that anymore. No, it's 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 very, he is oh pain like it's not it's weak. It sounds weak, and it bums me out. It it bummed me out. I, I think it's just an age thing. Of painkiller for a while, but we'll look up this one because it's cool. Um, <clears throat> and then okay. and then breaking the law starts. The next line I wrote was never fucking mind breaking the law is awesome. <laughs> 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 
was the next road. Because <laughs> he killed it on Breaking the Law. Right. It was great. And then at some point, Moa Metal and Moo Metal come back out with little half scale flying V's. And I was like, and they all match. Like everyone's in red and black. And so it was like it all having matched. And it looked really cool. And I was like, that's a really cool gimmick. They probably should have practiced more. Because <laughs> you could tell, you can, there's time you could tell. I'm pretty sure they weren't plugged in. Like, and it was like, it's gross. Right. But I mean, it's, it's more about the visual. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So, I, I, okay. But it was awesome. It was super cool. Even from, a, go ahead, sorry. No, just the Japanese pop star culture, because there is a culture surrounding... Oh, a huge like, culture. ...how they interact with their pop stars. And once they get to a certain age, there's a term for this. Um, there's a fucking term. I can't remember what it is. But there's a term f- for when the pop stars reach adult, quote-unquote, yeah, yeah. maturity. And I shit you and not. And it gets creepy, then. They become undesirable. To the pop yeah. consuming masses. The cuteness little girl thing is a yeah. factor yep, in that culture. Is. And that to me, like, I remember when Kiss did uh, Samurai Sun with mm-hmm. Morimo Clover Z. Yep. That was weird. Yep. That was extremely weird. And I think what made it so fucking weird is just the fact that they were interacting with Gene Simmons, who wrote Christine 16. Yeah, that's exactly so it. I think that's what really, like, yeah. about it. Now, there's a creepy factor in yeah, there. Yeah, I think yeah. the baby metal thing, I think, man, they're so fucking polarizing as far as bands go. Yep. And especially within the metal community, yep. because a lot of people fucking hate. Baby. And like I said, I get it. Just like absolutely hate. Them. I get how like the hardcore old school guys like are a little offended by it. Yeah. But man, there's always room for something new. Like if you don't like it, don't listen to it. Right. But like they're doing something different. They're doing something cool. The band themselves are really, really good. Yes, they are. So like I just, it's just even if you don't like the girl thing, respect that that band is really good. You gotta respect the girl thing. Uh, I mean, that's fine. I <laughs> dig it. It's cool. I think it's fun. Okay, I got a couple more things. All right, what is it? Here this, we go. This one, I'm going to briefly touch on it, but it happened and it's important. Big Jake has taken over the show. It's very. Br- I'm. We're t- I'm going to say no more than this because I don't. We don't need to get shit all over. And that's there's a possible MCR reunion that was announced, and that's it. That's where we're going to move right along. It's it's I mean, important to talk about it. It's important. Talk People about are going to freak out. People my, have freaked out. My Chemical Romance is they're a good band. They're great. I like my I like MCR. Yeah. I, I we preface that I like Black Parade and the one after it. I don't really care for the more emo y like screamo 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 stuff before. Uh, Man, I mean it's fine. <laughs> my God. God. I don't. I don't care for that as much as I like. I like. I really like the Black Parade. That's okay. a really solid album. I like. All, uh, I like Danger Days. That's all I want. Danger Days is cool. It's again Japanese culture kind of infused into it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird. Like, um, futuristic I. That's all I want to say on it. It's important. Rock. People are gonna be very excited about that. I'm right. kind of excited about it. It'll be interesting. Okay. Next part's a little personal. Gross. I did this. I did not. Fucking come on. Gross. Man. This weekend, I spent time in Chicago at what is called G Fest, which those of you who don't know, Gosh, that Shira. is that is got has a Gojira Fest. Gojira. It was awesome. Gojira. And I found a way to make. I somehow found a way to make all of my purchases. I just bought music at this thing. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, I don't know how that happened. I bought like one Godzilla related thing and then just music. Okay. First of all. I don't know how to pronounce this name, but this is, it's, but I had to buy it. Yeah. 
I F U K U B E. Let me see it. Efukabe. <laughs> I it's. I, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but what it is is this gentleman. Efukabe. Efukabe. This gentleman w- is wrote a lot of the original music for the original monster movies: Godzilla, Ultraman, uh, the turtle. I can never remember his name. There was a big turtle that like big monster. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it'll come to me in a second. But he wrote a lot of the scores for these for these pieces. Ghidorah? No, Ghidorah is a Godzilla monster. It's Ghidorah, but yeah. Um, <laughs> he, <laughs> he, uh, he wrote a lot of the music for these things. Okay. And the music has... It's hard to find good recordings of this music because it's not something that's played... Symphonies don't play Godzilla music. Right. But like it's well-written, orchestrated music that gets no attention. Okay. So last year at Godzilla Fest... They got the Chicago Symphony Orchestra together and played two hours of his music. Oh, wow. And it is professionally recorded, and it is great. I listened to it last night. So it's live. It's live. It is recorded live last year in Chicago at G-Fest. And it is really good music. It's it's you've heard it whether you realize it or not. The It's that, and it's just... There's two hours of music on there, and it's just really well-written classical music that I really enjoy. So I bought that, and I was super excited about it, and I think you should look it up if you're not familiar. It's called the... How would you say his name? Ifukubi. Ifukubi 100 is what it's, the album's called. And if you were interested, interested in classical music at all or interested in... I know monster movies or anything like that. It's a great buy. Right. It's it's music you, that you know and are familiar with and love hearing, but have never heard a, a heard a good quality recording of. Really good packaging. Yeah, dude. It's it's a, it's a crazy good album. It's really awesome. I was very happy with that purchase. Um, you can get them online. I think they were. It's two hours of music and it's twenty five bucks, <sighs> which is I I thought was a bit steep, but it's also supporting the. For this to happen again, they want to try to like support a tour, so it's it's they're they're putting the money in mm. for it. that's why it's a little more expensive. So I F U K U B E yes one hundred if U K U B one hundred yes a legacy of monster music and it's really cool. I was really happy with that purchase. Hmm. Okay, my next purchase. This one is what was the Japanese composer? Um, he was real hot through the mid nineties. Um, Yoshiki. Not familiar. Yoshiki. That was his name. Dude was just fucking everywhere for a while. Really? Yeah. I know um, video game related, but I know Koji Kondo has like a, a, a background of, he does all the Nintendo music for years. He has a background of like classical music and piano and his stuff he writes. You hear it originally in like 8-bit chiptune stuff. Mm. And then he rewrote it a couple years ago with like a full orchestration full and you got to it. like hear it fully and it's like, oh my God, <laughs> it's really good. Yeah. Um, but we were walking around what's called Artist Alley, for those who don't go to cons. It's just people, artists get together, and you, they sell their artwork. We ran into a gentleman who <laughs> also did art, but also ran a um, a small label. Sure. So we had a whole bunch of CDs there. At a, Stuff. From this label. Yeah, just a whole bunch of shit. And I walk up, and I want you to describe what you see <laughs> on this CD panel. Okay, all right, all right. And, yeah. why, and you're immediately okay. going to be like... I'm Big Jake bought that. Right. <laughs> like, describe what you see on this. <laughs> Valhalla, huge, and 
Yeah. Deathless is the album title. A, uh, a Viking. A big, it's a, just a big... A big foreboding Viking with some war happening in the background. Yeah. Glowing-eyed Viking. It's like they pulled you. this from my heart. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is what I want. This is what I want out of all this bands. This is who I am on the inside. <laughs> it's true. Okay. <laughs> I hate I hate to say this. Right. I have never been so disappointed by an album. Aww. And no, and it's not because it like it. it's not because it's like, oh, this fucking blows. It's just like you were so close. <laughs> you were so close for it being awesome. It was so close. Uh, so what did it sound like? It's it's definitely European power metal. But it is because it looks like a Monomarth. It looks like that's what I expected. Was that or the guy told me he's like it's European power metal? So I was expecting like a Hammerfall or like a, a, a Angels and Demons kind of thing. I was wrong. Not what you got? And it's power metal. I'll, I mean, I bet it sounds like Man of War. No, no. it is like the Phil Collins of power metal. <laughs> it is super mellow and it is really really piano driven which is fine but like uh, it's so mellow the okay. first is four four or five tracks on there so is it like the 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 worn out side of camelot yeah <laughs> yeah okay, it, it's like it. if camelot had a smooth jazz lounge <laughs> And like, I bought it, and it looks so fucking cool. It's called Valhalla. The album's called Deathless, and it has a big fucking Viking on the front. And I was like, this is everything I ever wanted. And I got home listened to it last night. Oh, keep in mind, I don't have a way to play CDs right now. My car's stereo is broke, and I do not have a home like a big home stereo system. Right. So last night at one a.m., I want to listen to this so bad. I had to. Are you ready? I had to dig out my Sega Dreamcast. <laughs> To find something that plays CDs, because it was the one that was on top out of all my game consoles. Right, and I but I looked for twenty minutes trying to find the fucking hookups for it to listen to that and listen to the God, the Godzilla music. So at one a.m. I'm digging around for my fucking Sega Dreamcast to listen to this and just was heartbroken. And the first four tracks, Let down. the first four tracks are just so mellow. It's right. just super mellow, and it gets to the fifth track and it starts really strong. And I'm like, oh yeah, give me one good track, give me one, <laughs> one good power metal track. And the first big note, the like the vocalist holds. The vocalist has been solid this whole fucking album. Just fucking, just a clinker. The first big note is just a clinker, and I was like, oh, oh, and it just went downhill from there. How much did it cost? I think it was like. Seven bucks, I think. It's too much. And they also threw in another album by the band, just because I bought that one. So that that dude knew he was trying to just get him off his hands. So it was a bummer. But I really I wanted to come in today and be like, you need to fucking check out Valhalla. They're so fucking good. <laughs> and I just I can't do it, and it bums me out. It bums me out real bad. But yeah, I went, so I went to the I went uh, I went because there's actually another podcaster that was there that okay. I wanted to see. Right. Um, his name is Matt with a very French Canadian last name that I probably can't say, but he goes by Matt McMuscles on a YouTube show and a podcast called sure. Two Best Friends Play or Super right. Best Friends Play and the yeah, Super yeah, Best yeah. Podcast. Went and met him, handed him some Music of the Lifeblood stickers, <laughs> talked to him for a bit, got some stuff signed, handed out a whole bunch of stickers to people at this con, getting some, you know, getting our name out there in Chicago. Music of the Lifeblood swag. Music of the Lifeblood swag. So yeah, that's, that's I just wanted to just touch on like just these two albums that I got at a convention I did not expect to get music right. from. But man, 
My heart's broke. You're rolling the dice, man. Valhalla broke my heart. When you can't listen to it first. That, I mean, that's a good thing about the internet. That's true. You get that's to listen true. to it first now. But, I mean, I was there in the moment, and like, I, I'm, I don't regret the purchase. It just, it just bummed me out that it wasn't so good because, like, it's still a cool sleeve, and like, the band's like a neat name, and it's, I'll put it on a wall somewhere. But like, man, bum me out. I, re- I remember something. Me a sad something panda. just popped into my head. What's that? Tell me the thing. The worst musical purchase I've ever made. This is not the worst purchase I've made, by the way. It's close, but it's not the worst. Mine was uh, an album called The Generators. Okay. Found it in the used bin somewhere. Paid five bucks for it. Yeah. Awful. Yeah? Awful. It's like a dollar general version of the Dropkick Murphys. Oh! The worst album purchase I ever made was <laughs> I I bought Beast by Devil Driver. Ah! And was just like, God, this is bad. Cold Chamber didn't tip you off? <laughs> no, I don't know. It just... It was just bad. It wasn't Big good. Big truck. It just was bad. <laughs> it has that album has the worst riff of any song I've ever heard in my yeah. entire life. On oh, what? I, it was the it was the sixth track. I don't remember what. I just blocked it out of my brain. But it's the worst riff I've ever heard. I can't get into Devil Driver. Good man. <laughs> it's not Whoa. great. I just I I I like. I don't remember why I even bought it. I remember I just I just saw it and was like, I'm gonna buy that. It looks like a cool art, and that's Gotta a cool name. It. That's a that's art's cool. It's a cool name. Devil Driver is my favorite death metal band. <laughs> 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 Who else can we plug into that today to be like? That's my favorite death metal band. Uh, Creed uh, is my favorite death metal band. Uh, no, Creed, oh. Creed's not death metal. Creed's um, oh neo symphonic post progressive metalcore. <laughs> <laughs> no, they'd be metalcore. They'd absolutely be metalcore. <laughs> and then Alter Bridge. Is you my got to be hoary. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Gotta take off my glove. Lincoln Park's my favorite death metal band. <laughs> no, no, Lincoln Park is uh is um what would they be? Shoegaze. <laughs> Some other stupid label on them no, that doesn't make any sense. They would be like uh Tech in- Death Industrial Metal. Tech Death. <laughs> Just throw stupid shit on them. <laughs> Lincoln Park have the best guitar solos. Hmm. With their with their rap tourist. <laughs> what? <laughs> when you see Lincoln Park live, the rapper just has a guitar on. He does? And he just occasionally will just like <laughs> like just strum it once. And <laughs> we referred we referred to him as the rap tourist when we saw him. <laughs> Because I, I also, I made the, I told this story before that I made the mistake of going to Project Revolution the only year, it, the only year it was a thing. And that was, they were the headliner and they had a, they had a Raptorist. <laughs> Isn't that funny to you? No, I just think it's funny. I just... Yeah, he never. It's so it's so politically incorrect. He like never hard. Like he hardly ever played it. He had it <laughs> on for like half like the show. It just be like raptardo. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it more like he he wants more credit on the album, and he's just the rapper, and he just like picks up a guitar, and there's like there. From what I put under- it on the album, and I'm what, the raptorist. From what I understand, like he runs the band. 
I'm sh- I mean, I could not tell you otherwise. So. <laughs> we got to do a Lincoln Park episode. No, we could. No, we don't, man. We're gonna do it, please. We're gonna. I can't. It'll be right after the My Chemical Romance I mean, episode. I think that would be more interesting than a Lincoln Park <laughs> episode, like a hundred times over. <laughs> the, the Raptardo. <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh, anyway, it wasn't good. Death metal. It's so easy to buy shitty albums. Yeah, I've bought I've bought a couple a couple like it's almost like gambling. Yeah, but I mean, you're not gonna like you know have to go to a, like a meeting and like lose your house and family that way. Well, I mean, if you get carried away. <clears throat> You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. worked in a music store. I mean, and just bought everything. Just bought everything. That'd be terrible. I, uh, I bought a real bad um, Wolfhammer album one time, too. And I like Wolfhammer, but it was just like, ugh, this one's bad. Worst albums. <clears throat> Worst albums. You got another one? You got another one that you picked up just on a whim that was like, No, I, well, I was just thinking about, like, when you... <laughs> Worst albums. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where you, that uh, that album is bad. You it's know what I mean? It's not good. Yeah. It is a decidedly bad album. Um also another one that I was incredibly heartbroken by. OU812 by Van Halen. Really? You don't like OU812? I mean no. it's not as good as their other ones, but it's Why not terrible. I? Um I bought cuz I'm a big Three Inches of Blood fan and Fire Up the Blades was like the album I listened to. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I picked that up and was like, this is amazing. Right. This is phenomenal. And then they lost their second vocalist, and they lost their bass player, and then they lost their drummer. And they got them back, and they got a new band real quick, and then put out an album real quick, and it was called Here Wait Thy Doom, and it was awful. Yeah? And I was heartbroken. That's sad. Yeah. It, it was like the recording quality. Why did the Because, yeah, there were two vocalists in Three yeah, Inches there was uh, Cam Pipes, the... the guy and then there was jamie hooper who was their their screamer and jamie hooper from what i was always told didn't not get along with the guys was always just kind of like the the man on the outside any of then he tore his vocals doing doing like screams and they always i always saw the press release that i read years ago was that like as soon as he is ready to come back he can come back and then he just never came back so i don't know if that was a, a fake press release or if that was like a I decided not to come back. I don't want to do this to my voice again. Mm-hmm. But he never came back, and it bummed me out super hard. Because well, his voice weren't. meshed so well with Cam's. <sighs> I love that. I Fire Up the Blades is one of my favorite yeah, albums. Yeah, Fire Up the Blades is really good. And then the one that came after Here Wait Thy Doom that's just called Heavy Metal is great. It's, it's a good album again. That came out it was the last one they put out, I think. It was a good album. wasn't as good as Fire Up the Blades, but it was damn good. But man, here wait thy doom. It sounds like it was. Re- it sounds like early Maiden recordings mm-hmm. with real like papery bass drum and like it. Just, it sounds like they wanted to sound like old metal. Yeah, and it just ooh, it just wasn't just, happening. It wasn't for me. And they didn't. Cam's vocals. I've I've noticed this, especially on Fire Up the Blades. Sometimes they're layered three and four times to sound full and robust. Sure, because that that vocal technique is not for everyone, and that's not something you should use all the time. But he does. Which is fine. Diamond got away with it for 30 fucking years. So, like, but it sounds like they didn't layer his vocals at all. So it sounds, it sounds thin. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, I was, I don't know. It's interesting when bands do that kind of retro metal sort of thing. Yeah, and I I personally am not a fan of it. Like, I I like it a lot. There's a band called Black Trip mm -hmm. that we had uh, on, here on the show uh, 
couple years ago. Yeah. Um, they had an album called Going Under that it literally sounds like, you know, Iron Maiden and Thin Lizzy fucked, and that's what you got. <laughs> and uh, I, I like that. I like that whole retro yeah. metal thing, Cauldron, Spell, yeah. uh, Black Trip, those bands like that, Sacred Leather from here in Indianapolis. Yeah, okay, yeah. I like that stuff. I really yeah. do. Um, it's almost kind of like... Um, you know, it's like a, it breathe it breathed life into. I think it, it's allowed people to be interested in a lot of bands that were forgotten yeah. and got overlooked. It encourages interest in that sort of stuff. I guess with I me, I, it's just the it's the the the. I'm a child of my generation, and I don't I don't like the the shitty like quote unquote shitty sound. Sure, I, I like the. We've had this discussion before. Yeah. Like I listen, I lived listening to the Power Slave for years. I love Power Slave, and then one day I only listened to the original forever. I stumbled across like the the early 2000s remix they did, where they remix and mastered everything, and I was like, I don't think I've listened to the old one since. I was mm. like, nope, don't need that anymore. Now I have this. Power Slave's interesting. Power Slave's a great album. Martin Birch did all those Iron Maiden albums. He did everything but the first album. Yeah. And I don't know. The Martin Birch production technique is so fucking interesting to it's me. It's different, yeah. Because he's doing, he was doing metal. You know, I, I think every the album Martin Birch did that everyone thinks of is Machine Head by Dean Purple. Yep. Deep Purple. Dean Purple. Dean Purple. I like Dean. He's a great guitar player, Good that guy. Dean Purple. Excellent dude. Anyway, <laughs> Deep Purple Machine Head sounds fantastic. Highway Star, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. He did a great job, but he applied <clears throat> that same production technique to Maiden. Iron Maiden. <laughs> yeah. And I think he specifically had a lot to do with the production sound of the new wave of British heavy metal. Every band that. after that tried to emulate what Martin Birch was doing in the in the studio. And I don't know. It's so strange with Iron Maiden because... I think, on one hand, they sometimes sound kind of big and clunky. Yeah. You know, as far as that era of metal goes, mm-hmm. I would have thought you would have had a cleaner, more punchy drum sound yeah. than what they did. It seems yeah, like, to all... me, like, Nico's drums, like his snare drum, mm-hmm. is much tuned, much looser than what I ever thought yeah. it, it would have it's, been. It's, so. It has that... I used to have an old Slingerland kit. I had a 72 Slingerland kit. And, like, every time I hear drums from that era, it just sounds like they're playing those big, clunky Slingerland drums. And, like, everything's yeah, just tuned no, weird. No resonance and, head. Yeah, you know, yeah. Everything's just, just <clears throat> wide open all the time. <clears throat> <laughs> like, he just hit a drum and it just go just rings for days. Just, like, oh, I mean, surely all that reverb won't cause any bad effects on an album that you're recording with tape. It certainly, certainly won't bleed into anything else. Yeah, but it's like that. Um, yeah, I just think it's like Motorhead. When you think of Motorhead, like I feel like those drums should sound like that. Filthy animals drums are. They shouldn't be bad. They should be tuned poorly. Huge sounding, lots of resonance, reverb. It sounds like he's playing in a gymnasium. Yeah, you have one mic a hundred feet away. You know. And it's just, I don't know, it's strange to me. The the Martin Birch, I think, production-wise, production-wise, I think the best-sounding Iron Maiden album, to me, is probably, I would say, somewhere in time. I mean, out of all of them? Yeah. I think the instruments on there have the best definition. Because I do think that 
there are times on like Seventh Son of a Seventh Son seems to be the big Iron Maiden album for a lot of the original era fans of the band, but Seventh Son of a Seventh Son, it's there's parts where things sound muddy, yeah, and muffled, like the on Seventh Son of a Seventh Son specifically, Steve Harris is the 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 jangle of him hitting his bass strings with his fingers yeah. and, you know, hitting a pickup sometimes. Yeah, you just yeah. get that kind of jangly bass tone that Steve Harris has been a trademark part of the Iron Maiden yeah. sound, but dear God. It's a little Seven son of a seven yeah. son. It's almost like corn where you hear clicking. <laughs> God. Things um, like that. And that's the reason I hate that band. Like, that's the thing. I'm yeah, just like, oh, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> We're doing a court episode. Anyway, um, (laughs) anyway, I to me the best sounding maybe Killers, maybe Killers. I was getting getting ready to say because Killers for when it was recorded sounds amazing. It does, yeah. And part of that, I mean, part of the sound, a big thing to do with the sound of the band was Clive Burr being the drummer. That's not Nico McBrain. It's just, um, man, Killer. The Killers is, the, is always the album I go to for Maiden. Like, if I'm going to pop into Maiden now, it's going to be Killers. Yep. That's just the one that I me like. Me too. Yeah. And I, got like, t- I got the Killers logo yeah. tattooed on And, me. like, it's just <clears throat> that album for what came out in, what, 70... Killers? Eight? No. Um, the first album was 80. Was it Killers 80? was 81. Okay. Yeah. But even still, it sounds like the production quality of the bands from like the mid 80s, like the big bands from the mid 80s. Like sure. I would put that sound sound quality wise against like Appetite for Destruction. It's it's so ahead of its time, I feel like, for in terms of just how to record a metal band, how to record an aggressive band. It sounds so good. Yeah. And I hate old recording quality. And Killers is the one that I still go to every time. It's yeah. so good. Maybe Killers in somewhere in time. Yep, I just think, man, Steve Harris's bass tone on Seven Son of a Seven Son is just Power Slave has some weird bass tone too. The original recording of Power Slave has some weird, some weird bass things. See, too. I like Power Slave a lot. Really, I like yeah. the re- the remaster way more. I, yeah, I like Power Slave. What's the a lot. new one? What's the new album? Book of Book of Souls. Book of Souls. That one's probably good too. That that's that sounds. Well, they've been working <laughs> with Kevin, a guy named Kevin Shirley, yeah. since Brave New World when they got back together. Yeah. Um. And the Kevin Shirley production style, man, just I wish, fuck, dude, that's you get me, you get me on a maiden tangent. Well, I go get frustrated I mean, about things like I. Well, it's it's fucking annoying because when you have you have three guitarists in that band, yes, right, and all of them play differently. Yes, you know Adrian Smith, very meticulous. You know, you, like I could see Adrian writing charts, you know, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. notes about what he's playing in songs. He's Dave Murray, the nodes, yeah, and modes, Dave, and things. Dave <laughs> Murray, very fluid player, yeah. has a kind of freeform sort of vibe to his playing. And there's Yannick Gers, <laughs> and who then there's is Yannick, literally a punk rock Richie Blackmore. That's yep. the only way I can think to describe him. And there are times, there are times when I feel like, why the fuck is Yannick Gers still in that band? No, I agree. It's and and. And other times, I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. I think Yannick brings an element of you know sloppy kind of swagger to the to a band that didn't really have that in their sound. I, but, I think it's. I'm oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. But man. anyway, from a production standpoint, 
Kevin Shirley, I don't know if Kevin Shirley is encouraging those guys to to pick tones that are so fucking similar, similar. to each other that when you have three guitars, it sometimes like one four big guitars, guitar. yes, yeah. a natural compression starts to occur. And it's not the kind of compression where you raise the volume of the music. Yeah. It's a kind of compression to where you start compressing the, the width of the sound to where it just tonally merges into one guitar. And because it's three guitars, you don't have clean edges to the notes you don't have crisp definition as far as you know who's playing what and things like that and it's just fucking god it's frustrating it is fucking frustrating and then you throw steve harris's bass right up the middle and everything and you get which is a really attacky bass tone yeah yeah steve does he doesn't distort his bass he just plugs straight into an amp playing whatever they play so generally he has some counter melodies but a lot of times like especially on killers, like he's playing whatever they're playing, so it just it's just another layer on right. top of there. I that was Invaders, by the way. It's on Number of the Beast. Oh shit, you're right. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. I I just you know what I mean. I think part of the reason they keep working with Kevin Shirley is that they can get along with him. Now, at this point in the band's career, it's Steve's band. Period. Yeah. End of story. What Steve says is what goes. And I just fuck, dude. You know what I mean? It's 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 frustrating because I think it bothers me in a live setting that Adrian Smith is not playing his fucking guitar solos anymore. You know, like what do you mean? If if Steve Harris and you know, oh, I see what you're, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. This comes down to Steve Harris. They go, okay, we're playing a we're playing a song from the original run of the band. Yeah, Adrian originally had this solo. Do we want to give it to Adrian or do we want to give it to Yannick? And Six out of ten times, Steve goes, okay, Yannick gets this one. How fucking frustrating yeah, would that be to be Adrian Smith? And Adrian Smith doesn't even get his goddamn spot back on the stage. He's, see, stuck, he's stuck between Dave Murray and Bruce Dickinson now when he should be clear over on stage left. See, it's fucking frustrating. I, that, one does, that one doesn't bother me. It's just, it's just a place on stage. I, I would just be – I guess as me from a musician, I would just be happy to be back in the band. So I would be like, I bet, I bet that was Adrian Smith is more valuable to Iron Maiden than Yannick Gers will ever be. Absolutely, but I mean, is that a? I imagine if you're in that situation and like you're coming back to a band that you helped start and like you left on not great terms, not right. good terms, not bad terms, and like he just wants to come back. I imagine that that's a fight you just don't want to have. They asked Adrian to come back. Oh, really? The band was in the shitter. Yeah. When Adrian and Bruce had came back, they just put out fucking Virtual Ten. Before <laughs> that, the X Factor. How how good did those sell? I don't even think I've ever heard those albums off the top of my the head. Blaze Bailey albums. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, yeah. I'm I such think I've a, heard select songs. I'm but. such a big Adrian Smith fan that it's fucking frustrating. I you bet. Know? Like he's written some of the band's best songs. He's Two Minutes to Midnight. Fucking two Wasted Years. You know what I mean? Like. Adrian Smith writes fucking killer songs. He writes Maiden is what he yes, writes. Yes, yeah. yes, he does. I just, I don't know. It bothers me. Like, if I was going to have, if you want to have that big sort of like, because they've turned into almost a, a prog band. Not yeah. prog like Yes or Genesis or, you know what I mean? They're not, they're not a... Uh, but they have a pronounced progressive yeah. element. Yeah, for sure. And they... Like, I understand why they want to work with Kevin Shirley. He's probably easy to work with. He's got a good relationship with their personalities and things like that. But, man, oh, man. To me, that... I think Book of Souls sounds great. It does. Book of Souls sounds amazing. But I would love to see them work with, like, a fucking 
I don't know. I think Book of Souls sounds so great that just because of the the jump in technology, I think that's the main. Fleming reason. Rasmussen would be great for Iron Maiden, mm-hmm. or I don't know. Fuck, fuck, I don't know. Nick Rescue, whatever his name is, the dude that was doing stuff with Trivium for a while. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I get, I'll get, I get mad about the Iron Maiden you thing. You do, you do. I get agitated. So let's wrap this up. Yep. Before I start throwing things. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, Jake, where do they find us? You can find us on not Twitter. <laughs> you can find us. Yeah, on- I've officially <laughs> given up on Twitter. Fuck Twitter. Yep. Fuck Twitter you- and their bullshit algorithm. I'm not doing it. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram, and you can find us wherever podcasts can be found, such as SoundCloud is the main one, and Stitcher, and what was the third one? Podomatic. Podomatic. iTunes iTunes. Yeah, and yeah, iTunes, yeah, yeah. Obviously. iTunes. And the Music of the Lifeblood podcast will be free forever. Yep. And or, don't for, sorry, or at least for the foreseeable future. <laughs> and don't forget to check out all the videos we post on the YouTubes. Final Thursday. Final Thursday. And other random things. And a lot of random. Like me just having a Charlie horse in a restaurant. <laughs> that was fucking funny. <laughs> you thought it was great. I was in pain. <laughs> <laughs> the restaurant also thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. All right, anyway, that's it. Music the Lifeblood, another show wrapping. Music the Lifeblood, something old, something new. What are you listening to? Take a look to the endless sky and let your fears all slip away. What? Could-